Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Welcome. Welcome to the Hushville Black Forum. It's February 11th, yeah? Um, 2017. Welcome to the Hushville Black Forum. We're back out here at our regular time. Uh, last week we got uh, caught up in Super Bowl festivities. I'm not going to say too much about that Super Bowl. I'm not going to say too much about that Super Bowl. The Hushville is still crushed, yeah? Big Atlanta fan. Big, big Falcon fan, y'all. I don't know what went down in that game. Something went down that wasn't quite kosher. The players, they, uh, the players did everything. They, uh, they did every, they did their part to win that game. They did enough to win that game. The Atlanta Falcon players did. They were let down by, uh, by coaches. And I don't know if the referees uh, was compromised, but something happened in that game because uh, the best team didn't win that game. And this is just from a non-biased uh, perspective here. Just uh, so the players did everything, and I'm more hurt for the players because the players, you know, they worked uh, the whole year. Some of them worked their whole career to get to that point, and then to lose it. Uh, the way that thing went down, they uh, lose it by poor uh, coaching decisions is uh, just unacceptable. I feel a little better that Arthur Blank, the owner, fired half the coaching staff. I feel a little better, but not, to- not totally uh, satisfied with some of the uh, explanations that I've gotten from or heard from uh, Dan Quinn, the head coach. He only been on the job two years, and I can see why. Uh, Arthur Blank wouldn't want to just fire him because he's uh, got a lot of investors in that guy. I think he's got two more, four more years on a contract that's spending about thirty million dollars. So I can, I can, I can understand some of the stuff, but that was just some poor uh, uh, coaching decisions. Here, the Falcons is up by twenty-eight twenty with a little over four minutes to go, and they own New England's twenty-two yard line first down. And for some reason, they don't run clock and run three straight plays into the line and kick a field goal to go up by 11 points. Our field goal ain't missed a kick inside of 40 yards in five years. Though. They don't run a, 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 a three plays into the uh, a heart of the line and just kick a field goal and put the game on ice and tell New England we'll see you next year. That is beyond me. We wind up the quarterback, having the quarterback trying to pass the ball, get sacked, get a penalty and wind up on damn near the 50-yard line. <laughs> well, well I'm, from the start from the 22-yard now we're in field goal, Ray. All we got to do is kneel down. The quarterback, all the quarterback got to do is kneel down three times, let the clock run 25 seconds, up, make them call timeouts, they got two left. Whatever the case, it's going to be damn near two minutes left on that clock when we get finished. By the time we uh, kick the field goal, when we kick the field goal, go home. 
game over. But somehow we got the quarterback. <laughs> the coach got the quarterback trying to pass the ball. Something's wrong with that. We ran no time off the clock. And no, <laughs> something's wrong with that whole whole picture, y'all. A novice like me could see uh, the right thing to do. Surely folks making 4 or $5 million got to be able to uh, come to the same conclusion or a better conclusion that they came to. Now, I am, well, our team played their hearts out. Yeah, the Falcons played their hearts out in that game. Deserved a much, much better outcome than what they got. They should have a Super Bowl ring today. It's hard to get back to those Super Bowls. Some of those players might play the rest of their career and never get back. It's hard to get back, y'all. Hard to get back. So, I, I'm still a little in the dump, show. I'm coming out of it. Like I said, I feel a little better that uh, the owner fired a bunch of people and should have uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, put the head coach on over. Because at the end of the day, like any, like any other organization, uh, the buck stop at up top with the head coach because, I mean, he's got headsets on. If, if the offensive coordinator is calling some dumb play with that time, at that stage of the game, the head coach got to take over the game. He's got to be involved in every play. He's got to stop everything and get everybody's mind on the same page. We got the game locked up. All we got to do is this, this, and this. Don't do anything but that. Let's do uh, uh, have the quarterback kneel down if, if necessary. We're on a 22-yard line. We're talking about a 35-yard uh, 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 field goal, some crazy stuff. And, and we, for some reason, we wound up and got the quarterback trying to pass the darn ball and wound, wound up on the 50-yard line going back. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. The craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. So uh, we we still a little upset. The whole city is upset. The ATL is in mourning, yeah. The ATL is in mourning. Facebook friends, how y'all doing? We ain't gonna cry all night here. We're gonna get on this big and better thing. It's Black History Month, y'all. February. I I don't know where we got a month from. Anybody know out there? Got a free call in, y'all. One eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. That's a free call into the Hushville Black Forum. We don't take many calls, but we will take a call from time to time. It being Black History Month and all, y'all need to uh, learn a little something about the history. Hey, you're at the right place. We, we're going to lay a little of uh, Black History on you. Because this evening, got a great, great show for you. Y'all, uh, Call a friend and tell them to tune in to the Hushville Black Forum. We come to you every Saturday from 7 to 9 over Blog Talk Radio, y'all. Uh, our model is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it louder than anybody out here on Blog Talk, y'all. We, we don't like to get loud. Let me tell you that right now. We don't like to get loud. We will. We can. 
It's just something we don't like to do. We like to keep everything on even keel. We just reserve our right to uh, crank the volume up from time to time. Uh, oh yeah, we <laughs> we. Uh, but the new president, President Trump. Uh, I don't know, y'all. Things crazy. Thing is crazy, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who, I'm, you know, I, I've got a perspective, you know, on this thing, and I'm, you know, I'm trying to, uh, as someone out here on. Brought blog talk speaking out to a audience trying to, uh, uh, you know, be reasonable about this thing, trying to allow this new president to uh, to uh, govern. But I, 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 some of the stuff I see right now is troubling. Some of the things I see right now is real troubling, like this this. Uh, this uh, fleeing uh, guy talking to the Russians uh, while uh, uh, President Obama's still in office, still uh, uh, dealing with the Russians for uh, interfering in uh, our elections here. Uh, and you had uh, General Flynn talking to Russia about uh the sanctions that have just been put in place. Now, we don't know exactly what's the, uh, what's the public don't know, but they got recordings of those conversations. And I got a sneaky suspicion this guy was trying to undermine uh, the President of the United States, which in my mind is treason, which in my mind is treason. Now, I somebody's got to get to the bottom of that. Somebody has got to get to the bottom of that because that is uh, not only uh, uh, something uh, where uh, General Flynn should resign, he may uh, should be prosecuted. He may should be prosecuted for treason. You know? I'm serious. Now, that's just, I, I am 100% serious. This guy may be, uh, uh, may should be prosecuted for treason for undermining the government of this country that got may should uh, be prosecuted for treason, you know? We're going to see where it goes. I got, a, I got a funny feeling about this whole thing. Uh, and uh, that guy might be the downfall of this presidency. He might be the downfall of this president. Him and uh, the guy uh, Bannon those two characters may be the downfall of Donald Trump as president. I, well, I hope that's not the case. I, I want the president uh, to succeed. I want him to get in there and do the greatest job that we've ever seen from a president. Uplift the country, everybody. Uh, I don't feel that that uh, uh, right now uh, this administration is headed that way. I, I don't. I don't sense it. I got. I got a, a funny uh, a feeling about this whole thing. I'm not quite sure. 
uh, how to uh, how to explain uh, what I feel about it. I got I got some funny feelings, though. I got some funny feelings about this thing, and uh, we we shall see. Uh, we shall see. But uh, hey, y'all. Uh, it's about uh, ooh, 12 minutes after 7, y'all, in the ATL. We, uh, as I mentioned, coming on, this is Black History Month. And we, we've got a, a, a great, powerful history uh, here in this country, mainly uh Black History Month uh, that we celebrate here uh, this month in February deal with uh, America's African descent history here in the United States. Now, it can include uh, the African uh, diaspora. It could draw that in, and uh, it's, uh, a lot of times it's hard to uh, get away from uh, uh, the inclusion of the entire diaspora. Um, but mainly uh, the, the genesis of uh, Black History Month here uh, in the U- United States, as we celebrate it, uh, comes from uh, one Mr. Carter G. Woodson. Mr. Carter G. Woodson founded uh, the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History uh, in uh, 1916. He went on to uh, be the editor of. Uh, of that organization's publication, the Journal of uh, Negro History. This is 1916. Carter G. Wilson, I don't know, you may, some of you may be familiar with the name Carter G. Wilson. He went on to uh, publish several books on black history. He was a great uh, sociologist uh, dealing with uh, uh, black history uh, back in uh, the, uh, the 20s and the 30s and this guy's contemporary was uh, people like uh, W.E.B. Du Bois and uh, Booker T. Washington, even. Yeah. Uh, Monroe Trotter. Uh, just uh, this guy was then on the forefront of uh, 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 advocating on behalf of black people, y'all. Carter G. Wilson. He wrote the book, uh, The Miseducation of the Negro. A lot of you might uh, be familiar with that. That was. Uh, perhaps one of his most famous uh, undertakings, the miseducation of, of the Negro. He put that thing out in uh, 1933. Uh, that book was published. Uh, he started out advocating for a day uh, for uh, black high schools to take off, or black schools to uh, take off a day each year for uh honoring uh, black history uh, way back in the, I think it was uh, the mid-20s that he really came up with uh, uh, the idea of uh, celebrating the day uh, for uh, black history. But then that day morphed uh, morphed into a week and then uh, eventually morphed into uh, the whole month of February. Uh, uh, But it had its genesis back uh, there in 1916 with uh, the advent of... uh, uh, an association for the study of Negro life and history of that organization founded by uh, Carter G. Woodson. 
So that's a little uh, of black known history for you. Uh, this uh, February uh, the 11th, how they came up with the month of February uh, as uh, the month, the shortest month of the day in, uh, on the calendar. By the way, I, I, I'm not. I, 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 I'm gonna look into it a little further and uh, get back with you on that. But uh, I, I'm not entirely sure how. Uh, they uh, chose uh, this particular month, uh, uh, but uh, be that as it may, it is a month that we celebrate Black History Month, and uh, you know every every day of my man is uh, uh, Black History Day. Uh, for a long time, uh, we were led to believe or. Uh, we was fed the uh, information that uh, African people didn't even have a history. <laughs> That's what somebody tried to make us believe. Well, this education of the uh, Negro, Tyler uh, G. Wilson uh, was at that time. Um, him and most of the. Uh, uh, Black leaders of that day, like Booker T. Washington and uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, was railing against the education system that had been put in place for the ex-slaves after the Civil War, uh, which uh, uh, was pretty much put in place to uh, keep the blacks as uh, uh, second-class citizens. Uh, and Carter G. Wilson looked at it and... Uh, uh, came to the conclusion that uh, the powers that be uh, put an education system in place that pretty much um, alleviated the need uh, of uh, keeping uh, uh, other blacks in chains. <laughs> alleviated. Uh, The prefix, prefix, I want to read you a little of the, the, pre, uh, the prefix of uh, the miseducation of the Negro. This is a pre- prefix. I'm just going to read a little of it. Just uh, the so-called modern education. This is 1933 now. It's Carter G. Wilson uh, prefacing uh, what is, uh, he's write, writing about. The so-called modern education with all its defects. However, uh, does others so much more good than it does the Negro? Because of it has worked out. Because it has been worked out in conformity to the needs of those who have enslaved and oppressed weaker people. Some of the education system here, uh, how it's working for. Some, but not others. I go on to say, for uh, for example, the philosophy and ethics resulting from our educational system have justified slavery, peonage, segregation, and listen. The oppressor has a right to exploit, to uh, to handicap, and to kill the oppressed. Negroes daily educated in the tenets of such a religion 
of the strong have accepted the status of the weak as divinely ordained. And during the last three generations of their nominal freedom, they have done practically nothing to change it. This is 19... He, you know, this is right at the turn of the 19th century he's talking about. We've just been out of slavery for 30, 40 years. <laughs> uh, and in that time, the education system was wholly controlled by the folks that uh, had enslaved uh, the Africans. And now they were uh, set out to educate those uh, same people that they had enslaved. Uh but they also uh, set out to uh, keep those people, to keep a status quo in place, uh, to uh, render uh, uh, the newly uh, freed Africans pretty much uh, second-class citizens, to uh, keep them in a lower economic uh, 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 class, if you will, to keep uh, the uh, cost of their labor uh uh, as close to the free slave labor uh, that so he had enjoyed for some 300 years uh, to keep that uh, the cost of that labor as close to that as possible. So uh, they determined that uh, by uh, well, and probably Wilson mind the miseducation of these people that they could uh, control them uh, pretty much as well as they controlled them uh, when they had them in chains. Uh, uh, get back to uh, uh, the preface here uh, talking about uh, where, where the blacks were at that time their piling and resolutions indulged in by a few of the race have been of little avail no systematic effort toward change has been possible for talk the same economics, history, philosophy, literature, and religion, which have established the present code of morals, the Negro's man has been brought under the control of his oppressor. That's heavy, y'all. This is 1920. 1925, I guess he started writing this, but was... He says, no systematic effort toward change has been possible for taught the same economic, the same history, the same philosophy, the same literature, the same religion, which have established the present code of morals. The Negro's man has been brought under the control of his oppressor. This is what's going on in the school systems here in the, the uh, school curriculum that had been put forth to educate these newly uh, freed uh, Americans of African descent who at the time of uh, uh, the Civil War then, 85% of them was illiterate in terms of, uh, uh, you know, read, writing, and arithmetic in the English, uh, in the Society, American society, they were illiterate to uh, uh, the three R's, as uh, they say. So uh, they set up, uh, the oppressors set up this uh, education system that uh, did little 
did uh, absolutely nothing in terms of uh, uh, better uh, enabling uh, the free blacks to uh, uh, progress through uh, uh, to uh, gain any kind of upward, mobil- upward mobility within the, the uh, society that they certainly found themselves suddenly found themselves uh, uh, in, and. Uh, the Negro man has been brought under the control of his oppressors, what Thomas G. Wilson says. The problem of pulling the Negro down, therefore, is easily solved. When you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him not stand here or go yonder. He will find his proper place. He will stay in it, and will stay in it. He says, you do not have to tell him not to stand here or go yonder. He will find his proper place and will stay in it. You do not need to send him to the back door. He will go without being told. In fact, if there is no back door, he will cut one for his special benefit. His education makes it necessary. Y'all, y'all digest that for a little while. This is Carl G. Wilson back in the 1920s talking about where uh, the education of uh, black people were at that time. He says, the problem of holding the Negro down, therefore, is easily solved. When you control a man's thinking, you do not have to worry about his actions. You do not have to tell him not to stand here or go yonder. He will find his proper place and will stay in it. You do not need to send him to the back door. He will go without being told. In fact, if there is no back door, he will cut one for his special benefit. His education makes it necessary. <laughs> the miseducation of the Negro, y'all. This is uh, Carter G. Woodson, uh, uh epic uh, uh, book. Published January 1933. Carter G. Wilson was a historian, uh, author, educator, um, great, great uh, uh, leader of our uh, of our people. The same educational process which inspires and stimulates the oppressor with the thought that he is everything and has accomplished everything worthwhile depresses and crushes at the same time the spark of genius in the Negro by making him feel that his race does not amount to much and never will measure up to the standards of other people. The Negro thus educated is a hopeless liability of the race. 
says the Negro thus educated is a helpless liability to the race. The difficulty is that the educated Negro is compelled to live and move amongst his own people whom he has been taught to despise. As a rule, therefore, the educated Negro prefers to buy his food from a white grocer because he has been taught that the Negro is not clean. It does not matter how often a Negro Negro washes his hands, then he cannot clean them. And it does not matter how often a white man uses his hands, he cannot soil them. The educated Negro, moreover, is disinclined to take part in Negro business because he has been taught in economics that Negroes cannot operate in this particular sphere. The educated Negro gets less and less pleasure out of the Negro church, not on account of his primitiveness and increasing corruption, but because of his preference for the seats of righteousness controlled by his oppressors. This has been his education and nothing else can be expected of him. If the educated Negro could go off and be white, he might be happy. But only a mulatto now and then can do this. The large majority of this class then must go through life denouncing white people because they are trying to run away from the blacks and decrying the blacks because they are not white. That's a a preference uh, in the book, y'all. This thing, this book, The Miseducation of the Negro, is is worth reading. You have to add it to your uh, library. Uh, Carla G. Woodson, The Miseducation of the Negro, uh, he uh, was instrumental in uh, why we even have a uh, Black History Month. Uh, among other places, he taught at Howard University back there uh, during the time that uh, uh, Charles Hamilton Houston and Thurgood Marshall was a student there. Well, Charles Hamilton Houston ran the law uh, department Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill and some of the other great, great uh, black attorneys uh, were students there. In fact, I think Thurgood Marshall and Oliver Hill came out of uh, the first uh, uh, law class there in 1933 as uh, the head of the class. I think Thurgood was number one and uh, Oliver Hill was uh, number two, one and two of the class there. They went on to work for the NAACP, and of course, you know, uh, some of their history, uh, Thurgood Marshall on a bargain, um, Brown v. Board of Education in 1954 that ultimately uh, did away with uh, Plessy, uh, Plessy v. Ferguson. Uh, just a great, great uh, history. All those folks uh, were there at Howard University at the same time. Uh, so, you know, he's got... Uh, A great history, and uh, 
you have to, uh, those of you who are not familiar with uh, uh, his work, please uh, educate yourself to follow uh, you Woodson. Uh, that's uh, um, my little black history spiel for this uh, for this week. Every week until the end of the month, we got two more shows. How many more shows we got? Any? We got two more shows in uh, this month. We'll. Uh, and then on the 25th, I guess the last uh, the last show of the month, we'll dedicate the entire show to uh, to our history. I I, I I'll share um, uh, some of my writings and uh, with you. I've got two books, and I I uh, I'm going to use the last show to uh, share the uh, some of the so, some of the uh, um, some of the things that I've got in those two books that uh, pertains to uh, black history, our history, that's what I write about. My family's history in Georgia for the most part. We go back here in Georgia over uh, 250 years. We got a uh, powerful history. We've got a powerful history. Miracles is back pretty soon. We uh, <coughs> uh, was instrumental in uh, building uh, this country, no doubt. We was instrumental in building this country. Uh, one of the things that uh, I uh, talk about uh, is... Uh, reparations uh, for America of African descent because uh, and I won't get too deeply into it this evening but uh, I won't write a book uh, without uh, a chapter being set aside for advocating uh, for reparations for America of African descent it is it's just uh, fundamental to uh, what I believe uh, is right uh, and uh, has to be done to uh, get this country back on uh, the proper uh, footing uh, from a uh, from a uh, uh, justice standpoint. Right now I think the skills of justice is uh, still a lot of kilter until the uh, until reparations is uh, is uh, uh, paid. Now we we've had you know reparations arguments and people advocating black people advocating for reparations for you know since the Civil War since uh, 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 the Civil War and uh, so far we haven't uh, barely we haven't got an apology for anything. Uh, my my advocacy and my my whole uh, thought train on uh, reparations, uh, uh, I try to stick. <clears throat> I, I look at it more from a legal uh, a point of view than uh, uh, from a uh, moral slavery issue. I don't consider. Uh, I don't believe that we can uh, win a, a argument for reparations based on slavery. I just don't think, I don't see how we could possibly do it. We haven't did in, in all these years. 
So I don't, I, I try to just leave slavery out of my argument for a reparations because uh, you've got to remember that our legal system is based around the Constitution, and the Constitution has slavery written into it. So, so if the Constitution is a document that uh, you know governed our laws, had slavery built into it, uh, it's pretty hard to uh, come up with some kind of a case against slavery that uh, that. Uh, uh, it's, it's pretty hard to make an argument uh, 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 that slavery somehow uh, violated some law uh, because it was written into uh, the very document that governs all the laws of the country. So uh, that, uh, for me, has become a non-starter. I look at slavery as a moral issue. It's a moral issue much bigger than man much bigger than any man's law could possibly be. Uh, and I turned that, uh, I look at that 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 part of our history, uh, that slavery part of our history as a moral uh, problem uh, with only uh, 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 a problem that only uh, a higher power uh, can deal with. And I turned that over to my higher power a long, long time ago. And uh, I believe that, I really believe that uh, uh, my higher power did take care of the moral part of that thing. Uh, I think that's what that Civil War was about. Now, we don't get too heavy into that because it might uh, uh, leave you out there on the limb. But, yeah, I believe that that Civil War was all about uh, the morality of... uh, the uh, institution of slavery, and uh, from that standpoint, uh, I leave the uh, the moral and the slavery part of my advocacy for reparations alone. I deal strictly with it from a legal basis. After the Thirteenth, Fourteenth, and Fifteenth Amendment was part of that Constitution, uh, what happened to my people uh, after that? And I see. Uh, Looking at the history, I see a clear uh, a clear case for reparations for Fourteenth uh, Amendment violations uh, that occurred for some hundred years after uh, uh, the Fourteenth Amendment had been installed. Fourteenth, Thirteenth, Fourteenth Amendment had been installed into that document, that legal document that governs our uh, that governs the society legally and uh, uh, I so I uh, I advocate for reparations based on injuries suffered uh, during that period during that period from 1865 to 1954 some 90 years after the Civil War was over I uh, base my uh, uh, and I don't think it it's a legal argument anymore that has to be uh, uh, adjudicated. I think uh, uh, Thurgood Marshall, Charles Hamilton Houston, Thurgood Marshall, Oliver Hill, and that uh, 25 year from 1933 to, uh, from 1930 to 1954, 
they uh, adjudicated that thing and won. <laughs> hey, that Brown versus Board of Education, y'all, uh, when that uh, decision came down in 1954, uh, America's African descent won uh, 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 a case of their uh, uh, case for reparations. And I think now uh, uh, we uh, need to uh, petition the court, which was never done back then, uh, petition the court for those reparations. And I think that's the way to go at it. Not, you know, it's a little, you know, got a, my argument is a little more uh, detailed than that, but that's the gist of it, is that uh, Brown overturned Plessy. Plessy uh, took away 14th Amendment rights up and down the society, not just school uh, integration. I mean, uh, Homer Plessy, when he sued uh, uh, the United States uh, uh, in uh, 1892, the verdict finally came down in 1896, he was not uh, uh, suing for no uh, integration of this or that. He was suing for his 14th Amendment rights. Lost that case. When he lost that case in 1896, of the Supreme Court of this country said that, uh, in effect, black had no access to 14th Amendment protections in no parts of society. That was the effect of that Plessy law, y'all. That thing killed us. Not only in education, but in the workplace, in real estate, uh, the two main, in education, and uh, the main uh, um parts of our society where uh, blacks needed the, the protection to uh, 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 to uh, uh, to gain a foothold in the society to, uh, you know coming out of slavery we didn't have a damn like I said 85% was illiterate and then uh, they went uh, and took away uh, 14th Amendment protections, uh, took away land that was set aside in the Southern Homestead Act, and uh, that thing devastated us too, by the way. We're going to talk a little more about that Southern Homestead Act of 1866, where 46 million acres was set aside for the ex-slaves and fast southern states here. That thing stayed on the books for 10 years from 1866 uh, to 1876, and uh, the powers that be, the whites, were railed against that thing. They railed against it and did everything in their power to prevent the newly freed uh, 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 American citizens from gaining access to that real estate. To gain access to that real estate, that thing killed us, yeah. That thing put that thing put a, uh, a blow in our economic. Uh, <laughs> Uh, up with mobility like you wouldn't believe. I mean, uh, had we gained access to the 46 million acres of land set aside for the purpose of giving uh, the newly freed uh, uh, black citizens uh, some foothold into American society, we won't be talking about no economic uh, uh, inequality today. Had they've been allowed to access that real estate. Because you remember, real estate is the foundation of wealth. 
in this capitalistic system that we have here uh, in the country. Real estate, land ownership, and occupancy is the foundation of wealth. And, we, and uh, ex-slavery was denied access to uh, a great portion of that 46 million acres. Uh, they real against it, so uh, pretty much like what you, uh, uh, a parallel maybe uh, the Affordable Health Care Act, how uh, certain segment of the society is railing against that thing because they figure that uh, somehow uh, one part of society is, is being uh, robbed, Peter's being robbed to pay Paul over here, and uh, they don't want nothing to do with it. And that was the same thing back then. They thought black folks were getting some kind of upper hand, and uh, overlooking the fact that they had worked for free for 200-some years in this country. They reeled against that Southern Homestead Act, and, and its repeal in 1876, thanks to Rutherford B. Hayes, good old Rutherford B. Hayes, uh, if there's a worse president, it has to be Andrew Johnson, that guy that uh, followed uh, Abe Lincoln in office. But Rutherford B. Hayes wasn't far behind, I'll tell you that. He uh, uh, got into, <laughs> well, we're going to get more and more into it, but, uh, yeah, that Southern Homestead Act was repealed in 1876 and 43 million acres of the 46 went back to the federal government undistributed, leaving black folks, for the most part, with no land, with no... <laughs> That thing get heavy, y'all, when you stop to realize how important the ownership of land is and how important it was in the development of the country and how religion, how religion ties into land ownership. Remember when those people uh, left Egypt way back when, the good book says something about the man upstairs promising them uh, land, the promised land. That thing all ties uh, together with uh, what went on here in this country, y'all. Uh, the promised land. And <laughs> that thing is heavy, y'all. Uh, we, Jason Day, what happened to Jason Day? Uh, that thing is heavy, y'all. Uh, it's about... Uh, Ten minutes to eight. We're gonna take a quick pause for the call. So y'all are hanging there. We'll be right back. You got me, Hushmore, driving this train this evening. We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
We uh, I don't know if let's look let's look on in and see. I'm not sure whether uh I'm not sure whether the Hawks are playing tonight or not. I guess I could take a quick look and see. I'd hate to uh set up here and sleep. I gotta look at the game from last night. I ain't gonna look at that you lost, I know that. So hey might do uh in too big of a hurry. <laughs> I know we lost, but uh yeah. We'll have to look and see. And, and uh let's go let's go here, let's do it like this. A T Atlanta Falcon. Okay. What the heck's going on? That's what I say and see. February the 13th. February the 10th. We're going to play no more until Monday the 13th. I'll have to go to look and kind of dissect that game a little closer. Um, what happened? Why we didn't? Uh, why we came up short in that game? Uh, but what it looked like we played a great, great game. The Hawks did, and uh, came up short last night, one hundred seven, one hundred eight. 
Sacramento along the road. You know, it's always tough to win on that road. Yeah, I don't care. But uh, yeah, two new stadiums going coming online here in Atlanta, y'all. The Braves, Atlanta Braves, got a new stadium coming on in May. I guess when the season starts, April, whatever. Baseball season starts, uh, Atlanta Braves will be in a new stadium. Then in September, when the Falcons get back in action, we got a new stadium for the Falcons, too. So we got two brand new facilities going up here in the ATL. And I think we got, at least I know we got one great, great team in the Falcons. The Braves, I'm not so sure about where they're at uh, in their uh, rebuilding effort, but uh, the Falcons, they got a feeling they're going to be pretty solid for a long time. Uh, whether they get back to the Super Bowl anytime soon is another story because it's tough. It's tough to get to that Super Bowl, yeah. Uh, a lot of things has to uh, fall in place, and they did fall in place for us this year. I mean, we had the best offense in the league by by pretty good margin. So we uh, but to get back there and have all the things that uh, fell in place fall in place again in the next two or three years is asking a lot. It's going to be asking a lot. So we. We'll have to see, uh, but I, I, I'm confident that uh, the Falcons are going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with for the next five, six years. So uh, we got an opportunity. We might have an opportunity to get back there, but it ain't going to be easy. It ain't going to be easy. That's why when you get to the Super Bowl, you uh, everybody's got to be on point. Not only the players, but the coaches. And I think uh, uh, just from my uh, vantage point, the players did everything uh, everything they needed to do on their part to uh, win that Super Bowl. They did everything that they needed to do to win the Super Bowl. Coaches, on the other hand, that's where I'm going to lay my blame. I'm laying my blame on the coaches, y'all. So, uh, we'll see. That must be an amateur. You didn't look right. Hopefully that's the amateur. I uh, swing the golf ball like that. Video from the week, but I really do hope he's okay. Well, yeah, never a good feeling at all. You know, last year was your first experience here. 
Saturday Night Live tonight, y'all. Y'all tuned in to Saturday Night Live. I'm not I'm not giving no endorsement. But rumor has it that Rosie O'Donnell is gonna be might make an appearance on Saturday Night Live at some point. I don't know when, but you know her and Donald Trump don't get along that well and Saturday night Saturday Night Live has been giving Donald Fitz here of late. Uh so just stay tuned. Uh, make sure you uh, make sure you uh, uh, be there for Rosie O'Donnell if she makes an appearance. That thing's gonna be crazy, yo. You see my Trump going off. Gonna feel Mixon hit that ball there, yo. Where did he hit that ball? How did he hit that ball there? I, uh, my golf game is, uh, I don't know, that's where it's always been. I'm a hacker, y'all. You know. I enjoy hacking. I man, that's the what's my handicap? What is this? I ain't got no handicap. I'm handicapped myself. I'm disabled. <laughs> you talking about a handicap? I am handicapped. One good thing about golf, you don't uh you can ride on that little cart. If it don't be for that little cart, uh Hushbow don't be out there on the golf course, y'all. Yeah? Oh no, I couldn't walk it. I you know, I that's what I love about the game. I have to do something to occupy my mind. I find, find in golf a uh, outlet. But uh, even with my handicap, I can I can still manage to uh, get out there and hack at the ball and have a uh, and have fun doing it. But here lately, I can put. Oh, the hushbow is getting part of now. I can put. And you know, don't it ain't. <laughs> Uh, I, it don't take much effort to put the ball. Uh, you just have to uh, be able to read the greens and a, little, a few things like that. But it don't take much effort to put that ball. I 
Tennessee. Boy, I've got some big puddles out there lately. I've got to try to check out. I think Dustin Johnson got looked like it's about a mile. I think Dustin Johnson got looked like uh looked like it's oversized. I don't know if it is or not. It just looked big for a puddle. They look like it's a wow. Let's see if we can find out what the what he's using that so. Let's see if we can find out what Dustin Johnson's got in his bag, y'all. He's up to something. What a fuck would that be? That thing looks like a shovel, y'all. That thing looks like a shovel. Dustin. That thing looks like a shovel. What is he using these days? There it is. How big is that thing? Oh no, that thing's too big, yeah. Too big, man. Wow. Well, I know one club at the hospital won't be. <laughs> I, I know one. Uh, I know for a fact one one club at the hospital won't. Uh, Won't be uh won't be using here. It's this thing here for two hundred three hundred dollars. Come on, y'all. Please. Crazy to meet the exact specification of Dustin Johnson telling me straight to black color embodies the clean flexibility and pure old technology man about the world best. Redesigned with a smooth crown and no and no slight I would take another look at it. I would take that club back out and see. I, I, you know, for some reason, I'm not rolling that club there as good as I should be. I'm not rolling that club right there as good as I should be, I don't think. And why am I not? 
I've got to figure that out. Why am I not rolling that club as good as I should be? I should be rolling that club. That's a heck of a club right there, y'all. That's cool. Hey, y'all, it's about a quarter after. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls here. We'll be right back. Y'all hanging there. You got me hush, bro. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back to the high school black form. Hey, y'all feel like rising up? That's rising up. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter. But I see it in you, so we gon' walk it out. Ooh, mountain. We gon' walk it out and move on day. Silence is quiet, and it feels like it's getting hard to breathe. And I know you feel like dying, but I promise we would take the world to a dream. Ooh, I won't take bring it to a dream.
rise up, y'all. That's Miss, uh, Miss, uh, Sandra Day. Sandra Day, I'm sorry. Miss Sandra Day, rise up. If that thing don't get you started, uh, just a great, great uh, motivation uh, for you to uh, get inspired. I, uh, I call on that tune a lot to, uh, to, uh, energize my, uh, self into action. Rise up, Miss Andre Day. She will do it a thousand times again, if need be. Very great tune, yeah. Uh, I'm, right now, I'm trying to figure out the difference between these two puppets. Now, I see the difference right now. One of them has got my eyesight. Uh, over the ball. You know, one of them has got me. One of them is quite a bit longer, too. So we had this one. One of them is quite a bit longer. I'm going to have to go back and see just what it is that, uh, why I can't, uh, get this thing going. Yeah, it's about the same size as that guy. This should be my ideal photo right here. I just got to take it back out of the bag. I got to take it back off out of my ball and go give it another shot, Looks like. That's really everything points to me. I should be able to, uh, to make that thing work. I should be able to make that put work because... It's my ideal length. It's the exact same length as my peen putter. What is that, 30? 35 inches? 33 inches. 33 inches. <clears throat> i got to break it back out and try it again. <clears throat> so I'm putting pretty good. Mm-mm. Well, I'm putting pretty good. But you know, you're always twinking with your game a little bit. So I want to see. I want to see exactly what's going on. This is 33 inches. That's my size right there. I should be knocking stuff in with this guy. I'm going to give it one more try. I'll give one more try. I might get another grip put on there. I might get another grip put on there. <clears throat> Let's see what they got out here. Let's see if I can find another grip that uh, uh, I like. That thing is going to be on the rushes here. I'm not forgetting a box. Wow. Is that there? 
that right there. Now, look, that ain't this. That's it, y'all. I don't know, y'all. I'm just searching. I'm looking for a grip. I want a little larger grip for this, uh, for this, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Looking for a bigger grip. Not not the old big fat square ones. I don't want nothing that big, but I do want something a little longer in length. I want it to go down the put a shaft about two more inches. About two more inches longer. I think that would give me what I'm looking for. So I have to see uh what size is this thing I got here? What size is this one on there? What I've got on there is about eight and a half inches, nine and a half inches. About nine and a half inches. I want it to be about 11 and a half. That's what size this thing is. It doesn't say, which I don't know why. How can you get a good, uh, how, can you, how do you know what you're looking for? See, it doesn't give you, 
I want to see. What size is it? Give me a... I don't say, uh, it won't tell me. I want to know how big the thing is. And that it doesn't say. That's interesting. How can it hand silver still design pistol grip? It doesn't really say. Wow. That's a... Let's go to Dick's. Well, we'll get out of here. I'm I'm shopping, y'all, while I'm talking to you. Don't mind me. I'm I'm still here. Uh, Just doing a little... uh, Dick's. Let's see what Dick's got. Big sporting goods. We'll see if they got anything because we, uh, yeah. uh, Let's see what size it says. Let's see. See if it tells me anything about the size of it. Number, what does that mean? to go in and see I wish I could uh, stay in that uh, 
giving me $24. What does it say? That's what, you know, that's what I don't like about uh, I have to go in there and see, physically take a look at them because I uh, I'm going to do something here. To I don't expect to become. I don't think I'll become Tiger Woods. Hey, I'm not even trying for that. I, I don't think I'm going to become no Tiger Woods. That you know it. But. I think I can knock three or four strokes off my uh, round. Now, three or four strokes is going to leave me way, way, way over par. If I, if I knock three, four, five, six strokes off my round, I'm going to still be way, way, way <laughs> I'm going to still be way, way, way over par, y'all. I'm going to tell you that right now. But, uh, you know, us golfers that's hooked, we do anything. <laughs> we try anything to uh, if we think it's gonna if we think it's gonna Y'all pay uh, close attention to what's going on uh, with uh, General Flynn, y'all, in the next week or so. I predict that uh, that guy's in trouble. I think he's in trouble. I I don't think the country can afford to have uh, that guy anywhere near that uh, the presidency. I don't think they can have that guy anywhere near the president, you know. He's far, far too... uh, Problematic in my mind. Uh, yeah, some of his ideology. Him and Bannon, both of both of those two guys, uh, troubling to me. Uh, and uh, if it's troubling to me, I'm sure it's troubling to a lot of other American uh, citizens here. Uh, so we've got to uh, keep a close eye on uh, Mr. Bannon and Mr. Flynn. 
the president's two two of the president's top advisors. Hey, we're talking about national security. We ain't talking about no game. We ain't talking about a game of apprentice. We're talking about serious uh, stuff going on here, y'all. That we got to uh, guard guard against uh, any kind of uh, shenanigans. Yeah, look like Gordon Spree's going to win this Pebble Beach thing. I think he got about a five-stroke lead going into Sunday. <clears throat> wow. So, uh, my S-Man Yo-Yo is coming along. I still got a long ways to go, but it's coming along.
I'm starting to uh, pick up bits and pieces a lot better. My main problem with Spanish, y'all, you know, I can't hear. Yeah, that's what I can't hear. That's not. <laughs> I'm just, hey, I'm just telling you like the TV is. Uh, I can't hear. I still be Hey, hold up, Sophia, say hi, baby. What's new? Some reason, 
the binding in the washing but it can't be that because it says in the morning shall be as come with shade, come with shade, how I think the word come with shade, come The man, El Hombre, El Hombre, El Chico, El Cesare, uh, La Mejia, the woman, the girl, El, I don't know, Quadern, you know, El Quaderno, because he all know anything with the no, 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 Uh, 
Hey, y'all. We just uh, bumbling on here. We're going to start studying, y'all. <laughs> we, we, we got into our Spanish, boy. You got to keep up with this thing. Let me tell you, uh, especially if it's your, your first year student, and I can't hear the uh, tricky part about Spanish. You got to be able to listen to what the speaker is saying and acquire the uh, uh, sharp ear, which, uh, you know, the first thing that goes, well, a lot, of the, a lot of things go when you get old, but. One of the main things is your hearing of the senses that uh, the five senses you hear it in your sight. Uh, uh, two of the early uh, casualties of uh, old age. I, I have so many. Is that right? La Chica. El Chica. El Chico. La Ness. An old National Love Condo. What about Las? Probably Las. I think that's Las. Hey y'all. Uh, it's just about three minutes till nine. We just about got got a wrap on this thing, y'all. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this thing up and be right back with you next week. The, what is next week? The nineteenth or the eighteenth? February eighteenth, y'all. We'll be right back out here with you. Uh, going to do a little more on Black History Month and uh, uh, kind of just keep you up to date on what's going on and the political world here with the uh, new president and how that thing is shaking out. Like I said, I've got a funny feeling that uh, that, that thing ain't going too well. Hopefully next week by this, uh, we'll have uh, a better feel of exactly what's going on. We're going to know a lot more. We're going to know a lot more next week at this time about what's going on in the new Trump administration. Uh, until then, tell a friend about the Hushville Black Forum. Go to my website, hushbowblack.com, and buy my books, uh, The Waterboy, The Life and Drowns of Jimmy C. Cameron, and 
uh, racism and hate in American reality. They both can be found at uh, at my website, com. Hey, until until next week, y'all. Ciao. I'm out of here. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.